And you were like, oh, girl, <laughs> buckle up. I don't care how you react. Um, you don't get treated like a normal patient of mine. <laughs> Hello to all you fellow experiencers out there and welcome to the Spirited Body Podcast. This is the podcast about activating and living from your spirit in your daily actions and experiences. My guides want to show you how to interpret your life through the lens of your highest self so it can be easier, joyful, and satisfying. After all, you're all just spirits in a physical body. I'm James. I'm your host, psychic, medium. I've been channeling uh, for about nine years now. And uh, I channel a group called the Council of Light that want to provide this information so everyone can have a more satisfying existence. They came and said, hey, we've got this information to share and I'm sharing it with you. I'm here with my amazing friend and co-host Katie. Hello. Welcome everyone. Um, how have you been this week? Pretty good. Pretty good actually. I don't really have much to report. I feel like um, a lot of, uh, I've been really inward, really not having energy for other people. That's great. Great place to be. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not upset. I'm not mad at it. I'm actually really okay with it. What do you think about the topic this week? Um, well, the topic is pain and it made me um, instantly think about the time back when I was thick in codependency and I, my partner's dad was in severe physical pain, but he would not go to anybody. And then I said, I can't watch this anymore. I'm bringing James into your house. And I, and I had you come over and I, I think he, it wasn't necessarily against his will, but like, anyway, um, you came over and then I remember you took him outside in the backyard and were like evaluating him. And, and then you came back in and then you said, okay, my work is done. And then you left. And then he went into his room and cried hysterically for a half an hour. (laughs) And I was like, oh, it's really hard when people don't know the connection between the mind and the body and the messages that I know that pain can be so many different things, but like even the physical representation, representation of pain and what the body's trying to share with you. And, um, yeah, it just, it, I think he didn't know what to do with that. I think it was really overwhelming, but there was a lot of pain in his body and you addressed it on a energetic level as well. Mm -hmm. And then he had an emotional breakdown. And I think that an older version of myself would be like, Oh my God, I can't believe, uh, you know, and now a newer version of me would be like, Ooh, that needs to come out. You know, so I don't know. I think pain isn't very, I think it's very interesting. I think a lot of people are in pain. Yeah. And there's, it's a very broad topic. Uh, I, I'm, was actually nervous when they gave me this as a topic. Well, this is what you deal with in your professional career. Right. Because I have so much familiarity with physical pain and trying to understand the different aspects of physical pain and getting people to get rid of physical pain and the emotional um, ties, intricacies of dealing with people with, with pain and their emotions, uh, psychology and all of those issues. And so I feel pretty good in a physical pain domain, uh, in helping people. Uh, 
And the emotional pain stuff is hard. Well, it's harder for me. I understand it from this perspective, from the energetic sort of spiritual perspective as they talk about. But I was nervous about what they were going to say about it, what they were going to ask me to say about it, mm. what what they're going to add to the mix. And so, do you remember what you channeled? Um, no, <laughs> I don't. But um, I do want to say briefly because I was sort of. Uh, the little light bulb went in my head. So it's funny dealing with people in pain that have had pain for a long time. Uh, and they have seen, let's say they've seen multiple, a lot of times they've seen multiple practitioners, doctors, PTs, chiropractors, a bunch of different massage people, whatever. I'm not invalidating anybody's work because there's good people in every line and there's good techniques in every line. And there's, less than desirable people in every line of work. So, um, but people that come and see me and they've been to multiple people and there's someone like your dad, and this is something, a category that I would put your, my partner's dad, your, your partner's yeah. dad, sorry, uh, that I would fit into this category. They come in with a, it's not a defensiveness necessarily, even though some do with, with the belief that no one's going to touch their pain. I've been to a number of people. I've lived with this oh, my like entire life. Like they're already life. attached to the idea that they won't be helped. Correct. That their pain won't be solved. Really? Yeah. Why has that never even dawned on me? Oh, it happens all the time. And so when huh. I interview them, when I asking questions about their pain with a problem and that kind of thing, they they aren't. I don't think that they're aware that they're doing this or that they have this belief. But it's clear that they, well, they saw it and they didn't do anything. They did surgery. They didn't have anything. They couldn't fix it. It's been the same since. And I went and saw this PT and they couldn't do it. And I went and saw this chiropractor and everything's kind of the same. And I saw this uh, DO, orthobionomy, myofascial release that, you know, they, they do it all. And um, so they're like, I don't know why my doctor sent me here. I don't know what I'm going to do. And they, there's a defensiveness and the biggest and not only is there defensiveness about their conviction, their belief that it's always going to be with them, but that nothing you're going to do is going to help. So they don't um, invest energetically in trying. And my experience with that is when I introduce something that's totally brand new, something they've never done before, they never tried before, they uh, they are scared. So let me add that when I do something with them and their pain goes away or their pain reduces or their pain change, it's mostly because it goes away or that it changes, they, um, they don't want to have the hope that it could be better. Having the hope is more scary than being convinced that they're always going to have this pain and they have the assuredness that they're going to have pain. They know what they need to do to sort of keep it at bay and to function through their life rather than having the hope that it could be so different. So let me ask a question. Okay, so that's scenario one, archetype one of a person. So are you saying that if, okay, let me outline a different person that could come in. So let's say a different person comes in and they go, 
I have all this pain in my back and I have gotten to a space in my life where I'm really ready to release this pain. And I'm so grateful that I'm going to try this out so that you can offer me some relief. Will that person get different results than the first person? Simply just based on their relief. I mean, their belief. Um, not, uh, I'm I'm asking like the opposite of what you're saying. Yes. If somebody came in like that, does that change everything? Uh, People that are more open to doing whatever I want them to do or ask them to do typically have a different result, uh, a more quick result. I'm asking this because I feel like we think that it's so like the doctor will do this and then this will happen. But what you're saying is actually it's a step before that. It's about the belief. And I think that the disconnection between the mind and the body is so prevalent. And like, how would this belief have anything to do with the science behind why my body could be fixed? And what I hear you saying is that intention behind their approach to helping their pain is everything. Uh, well, they need to have the they need to have a possibility that it could be better. If I'm convinced that nothing's going to hurt my back, that nothing's going to make my back feel better, then I'm not going to listen to what you say in the way that you're delivering the message. You're going to say, "Oh, do this." sit in this position, do this exercise, and I'm going to lie down, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to be thinking about all the different pizzas of it. I'm not going to be buying into that process necessarily. So I'm not, I'm doing it like the shell of it, but I'm not doing, because there's a lot of thought that I, that I have, want my patients to, to use when they do my exercises, when they do what I've asked them to do. There's, there's thought, there's intention, there's idea there's process. So how do you handle that? Do you just call people out and say, no, what I do is because I've had physical therapy with you <laughs> and my approach with you is not, not the same. It's going to be with everybody, but typically <laughs> um, when I encounter those people that are, that are resistant, um, I don't try to convince them other than when I'm with them, I'll say, okay, let me have, I want you to do this. Now do this. Now, how does that feel? And they'll say, I don't have any more pain. So I see, this is how close you are to being out of pain. Mm. You have to give them a little bit of the proof. I have to prove it to them. I I don't expect anyone just to buy in without some sort of proof. Um, But once I show them that, they typically are on board. Wild. No, I've watched you with people. It's it's magical, actually. Um. But do you remember the time I came in after my ankle surgery and I had a mountain of scar tissue on my ankle? Like it was disturbing. And you were like, oh, girl, buckle up. I don't care how you react. Um, You don't get treated like a normal patient of mine. It's true. And I'm going to get all this scar tissue out right now. And I said, how are you going to do that? And then you pulled out a metal scraping device. (laughs) And then I always remember thinking, What are people on the outside of this door thinking? (laughs) Because you just let me have it. And I know that's not how you do it, but I'm your friend and you're like, fuck you, we're doing it this way. Yes. And I was screaming. I was screaming. (laughs) You were were pretty muffled though. I think you had a pillow or a towel or something. (laughs) But I was like, what do people think is happening? I mean, you fixed it in 10 minutes, but no, I've watched you with people and it's wild because- I mean, I've watched you. It's it's insane to watch you work with people who are in high levels of pain, who are their mind and their body are completely disconnected, and they have no idea that they're walking into 
extra. Extra. They yeah. have they have no idea. Yeah, I it's uh it 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 is um I like those moments in my practice. It could be PT like a reality practice. TV show if I'm being honest. Like you have such care and compassion, but people don't know your real skill set. Like it's so like I'll just I want to just like give you a little bit like and, you know, my partner is like what I would consider like a movement specialist. Mm-hmm. Like he really understands how the human body and like there's nobody that he even puts in your camp. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Yes. You're like in your own camp and people just like do not understand the depth of that camp because a lot of people aren't movement specialists. And he knows the energetic component that you have, too. And he was just saying the other day when we were at work, he was like, yeah, um, Jay- yeah it's hard to explain. But James <laughs> really knows how to work with people's bodies. Um, but it's a really beautiful thing to watch. If people are open, they have so much. I mean, I know that when I've had these moments in my, I'm not a person who likes to ask for a lot of help. That's not a, that's not a good quality of mine, but there have been times in my life where I've had a couple instances, specifically in my last pregnancy where I was absolutely insanely miserable. And I, when I get to the physical pain of like, I, this is excruciating. I'm just like, well, James is the only one. James is the only one. <laughs> There's a um people at I I have maybe at, at at the height of my business we had 17 therapists outside of myself and uh I was known as people knew me like oh James will make him cry. Oh absolutely. And it's funny I just have this effect I, I, there was a one story when I uh <laughs> The therapist will come to me and say, oh, I've got this patient. It's not progressing, not not where I want. So can you come and see them? And I'll make those people cry. I don't do anything. I don't say anything to them. I mean, I do. I say things to them. But it's not like I'm putting them in positions that are so uncomfortable they're yeah. crying. Uh, but there's one. Um, we She said, oh, this patient has low back pain. And, uh, and I want you to – I can't change it. I can't modify it. Can you tell me what I'm doing wrong? Can you help me with it? So I said, sure. So we go to, we walk from in the gym to the lobby and we open the lobby door and the patient is standing there and she looks at her therapist and she looks at me and she bursts out and crying in the middle of the you hadn't even lobby. Seen her. Hadn't done anything. Hadn't said anything. <laughs> Literally, I just opened the door and she, the, the patient must have known we were working together. She just looked at her and then looked at me and burst into tears. Oh my God, James! <laughs> I'm like, uh, or like I walked through the gym one time, and I was talking to this this girl was had an ankle problem, and uh, the therapist was doing stuff with her, and I said, "Have have you thought about doing it like this?" And he said, "No." What do you mean? And I went over to the patient, and I said, "Can you um can can you just give me your cane? I just want to see how you move without your cane." And she looked at me and burst into tears. So crazy. No, like when I was in my third trimester, uh, my Macy was sitting on a nerve in my back. And I had such severe restless leg syndrome that I couldn't lay in bed even at night. And I would like try to sleep on it, like hunched over on the kitchen counter. And it was excruciating. And then I finally said, I got to see if James can give me some relief. And you came in and then you had me on the rug in my floor and you said, "Ooh, I'm going to have to move your rib cage. And I said, okay, go ahead. <laughs> but I got three days of no nerve pain. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but trust me, I had done everything and no one could even give me minutes. 
And so, yeah, you're definitely the person. <laughs> I feel very like so much gratitude because I know if I ever get to a place physically where I just can't bear, I'm like, I have this dear friend who can like, like what a gift do in my life, you well, know? Hopefully you'd reach out before it got to I the know. point where you couldn't bear. But, I know. But, th- but I do also want to point you have out- a gift. You have a significant gift with people and pain. Thank you. I think that people don't often appreciate the energetic, spiritual, and emotional- parts of pain that they experience well the conditioning won't allow that yeah and it's um it's it's powerful and you know when i first started my career people would say oh you know you're really working with people's heads and i would go yeah 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 but it's not until now i realize that that's what i spend my time doing it's not me um necessarily treating the body i do treat the body but i am giving input into the brain. I am giving input into their mind, uh, into their emotions. Um, I have them pay attention to their emotions and understand the connection between it all. Um, so it's, it's the fun aspect of my job. Uh, that's the satisfying part of my job. So when they brought up pain, I was like, what's happening yeah, I'm here? Very curious. So, uh, I also am curious. I think, I think too, where this fits into you know, the theme of reducing conflict, um, understanding pain better and understanding it in others, not just in yourself, but if you understand it in yourself, mm. it's easier to understand in others and is pre- and its presence in others as a way of reducing conflict. I mean, physical, emotional, any type of all, pain, really. All of yeah. the above. All of the above. I'm really excited for this one. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hello to all and welcome back into the field of learning, knowledge, and growth that we share with you. We transmit our energy of ease and expansion so you may more fully understand and incorporate and align this information into who you are as an energetic soul on this plane. We aim to create a field of understanding that can permeate not only your conscious mind, but your energetic makeup and energetic presence. We know that you can feel this when you hear our words and feel them in your body as true before your conscious and analytical mind has the chance to catch up to the context and meaning. We are here for your growth and ease, for suffering, frustration, and dis-ease are not the goals for you here. As you stay in these emotions and psychological states, growth is stunted. It is thwarted and prevents communion and ease. And I think it's important, I think, I know what they're saying here is they have an energetic presence in their words. They have an energetic vibration that is communicated through their words that help transmit this information. And they're pointing out like you, you are aware of this when you, you'll have a feeling in your body when, when I read something or they say something, you'll feel it in your body before you really be able to deconstruct it or understand it analytically in your mind. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. We welcome you into this topic to discuss the energetic and spiritual aspects of this so you may have more understanding and relaxation around it. Humans were provided with a physical body to encounter contrast, and with this body comes a physical mind to interpret that contrast and determine safety. You are provided a memory bank to predict safety or danger and avoid the threat. At the most basic level, you are meant to predict and avoid physical threat. 
threat to your physical form, so it may perpetuate. Physical sensations of pain provide information on situations and items to avoid in order to preserve your physical body. Fire, sharpness, and other physical lessons reinforce this idea and understanding. These are in place to protect your physical body. Pain is a powerful teacher. We would like to discuss one level of understanding. Pain that is felt internally is felt by all. Every one of you has the ability to receive and interpret pain. These powerful sensations should be viewed and understood as an empathetic window to instruct your behavior toward another. If you do not want to experience pain, why would you cause it in another? Whoa. If you do not want to experience pain, why would you cause it in another? Can you not understand or empathize with their experience of pain? Recognize your own pain to understand what you may be causing in another. Remember when you're like, how you're reducing conflict (laughs) big time. Wow. That's a big time conflict reducer. And the other thing that I want to, that they implanted in me when they were doing this, as I read it, I remember it's, they're saying like the physical body was created to encapsulate your soul and provide, allow you to experience the physical world. This is your physical vessel. And that physical vessel was designed to take care of itself. Okay. So there's management that you don't need to do. Okay. It sort of is designed to take care of itself. No pain, avoid threat, heal itself, that kind of thing. Yes. Which that was an interesting concept. Just the idea that it was like, no, it was designed to take care of itself. Makes me think of like the autonomic nervous system or something. Yeah. Is that what you're- Yes. These these processes- Like you don't have to think to breathe. Yeah. Okay. It's taking care of it. Kind of interesting. It's like, like, oh, we made this vessel to take care of itself as you (laughs) live your life and- And fuck it all up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And learn what you need to learn. But we're going to give you the the self-healing vessel. Yeah. Okay. It is hard to speak only of physical pain as you encounter it. For most of you come here to learn and understand emotional or psychological pain. This is natural and understood. Loss is typically the driver of emotional pain. Loss of a loved one. Loss of an expected outcome. Loss of a love. Loss of physical items. The occurrence of loss is asking that you move from an expected way of being into an unexpected, unwanted, or unprepared for new way of being. Loss of a job, for example, or loss of a relationship. These events can be unwanted, unexpected, or come from a place where you were unprepared for them. The experience is changing your reality and asking you to change patterns, habits, and your plans for the future, whether conscious or unconscious. Your interpretation of pain is the process of shifting from a current state of easier, predictable, known function to a new state of unknown, unpredictable, and unpracticed. We invite you to move your vision out and project yourself above your life and existence. 
look down at your life from high above. See all that your life encompasses and touches. Try to view it in its entirety. How far is this shift asking you to move from this point? How much is lost when you see it from here? We ask you to perform this task to understand that you are more than your day-to-day tasks and habits and to understand that the shift that is being asked is likely not that far from where you wanted to be. It is moving you closer to who you are and aligning to that. The pain you feel is simply your inability to let go and align with the new situation. Now we do not mean to come across as cold-hearted or cavalier in your advice and request of you. We understand that this is not an easy task and can involve many hurdles that are trying and difficult, but understand that the switch belongs inside of you and the understanding of the correctness or unfairness of the situation is only in your mind. It lives solely in your energetic field. Are you perpetuating this idea by discussing and repeating these ideas to others and reinforcing this belief in the hardships and wrongness? Or are you attempting to change your perspective on the situation by noticing the shifts that are being pulled from you and how this change is moving you toward your most authentic self? We understand the feelings of mourning and sadness and recognize these feelings as appropriate and healing. We encourage the letting go and moving through these emotions with abandon, as this freedom will allow a window into the freedom point from which your truest self can emerge. Can you say that in a different way? Yes. So I'm going to kind of restate what they were saying. Okay. They were saying that most of the pain that we feel, emotional pain that we feel as humans, centers around the of loss. Loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of physical stuff. And really what we're struggling with is our expectation that this thing was going to be in our life forever. Mm. Not the thing itself. Even though the thing itself can be part of it. And so we're losing not just the physical thing, but we're losing the expectation. You lose a job. Oh, I'm upset. I'm in pain because I didn't expect it. And I don't know what my future is going to be. And their point is that if you were able to pull yourself up and exercise is pull yourself up and look at your whole life from airplane view. And if you can look at all of your life and everything that you're touching and everything that you're doing and everything that's touching you and affecting you is the loss of a job really moving you that far away from where you really want it to be. Mm, it's like the zooming out allows to see the clearer perspective. It doesn't, it's not as big as we might make it. Right. Seem? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, the other thing they talk about is that, that, that your inability to move from where you thought you were going to be to where you need to be or what's being asked of you is the pain that you're experiencing. It's really just that shift that's being asked of you. And it, how hard are you holding on? We talked about that last week. If the harder you're holding on, the more difficult that process is going to mm. be, the more painful that process is going to be trying. Okay. Um, so if you have like great emotional 
distress and pain, it's likely you're holding on very tight. Very tight. Yep. Okay. And so the last point they're making is we're not trying to make it sound like you letting go is easy or there's not lots of emotions involved. We understand there's going to be emotions. There's going to be sadness. There's going to be mourning. And that's totally fine. And not only is it totally fine and healing, but allow yourself to go there. Allow yourself to mourn. Allow yourself to express that emotion and feel that emotion with abandon. No restraint. Because that unrestrained place is where the new you is going to emerge from. Because that's going to be the most, you can get down to the authentic, true self. And then that is where the new place is, new person, new opportunity, authentic self is going to emerge from. Wow. But if you hold that emotion in, I'm not going to show that my, I'm hurt. I'm not going to show my pain. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to let him see me cry that you aren't ever getting to the point of abandon, of, of release, of getting to your authentic person, authentic soul. So how can you really move and start anew or get, get in touch with your honest self enough, your most authentic self enough to move forward completely? That's crazy. That's a lot to digest. I mean, it is and it isn't, but it's uh, it, there's a lot of depth in that that can be really powerful, I think, if you really sat with that for a little while. Yeah. We do spend a lot of time avoiding those emotions, huh? We do. Somehow you have to keep it together. Real men don't cry. Real men do not cry. <laughs> Crazy when you think about it. Yeah. That is so crazy when you think about it. That's like the same as saying real men don't eat food. It's like, no, no, no. Human beings eat food. <laughs> it's insane yeah. that we have been taught those things. That it's and not or only- Or women and, are too emotional. Uh, or that it, somehow it's wrong or the idea like the, it, it's wrong for a man to cry. Like I, well, I failed that miserably if that's the case. Well, I, I wouldn't call that a failure at right. all. I mean, I, 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 I think it's 100% appropriate for, for anyone to cry and for anyone to have emotions. That, that That's like our main. It's like funny how society does it though, right? For the men, they like, you know jeopardize they they threaten their masculinity and for women it's more acceptable for women to cry but if you do it too much you're a crazy lady who cries too much you're unstable you're too emotional <laughs> are you on mm. your period <laughs> so crazy james pain and your understanding of it are intimately tied to self-preservation and predictability. Experiences of pain make you feel vulnerable, weak. Often humans experience the phenomenon when experiencing higher levels of pain that this will be their state forever. What if I never go back to normal? 
experiencing pain often evokes projections of your future with this vulnerability and weakness, fear. We ask that in times of pain that you attempt as much as possible to root yourself to the present and align yourself to the earth and to your soul. Feel more intensely the presence of your eternal self as your present physical self has become more dominant. As you align with your highest self, invite your angels and guides to move toward the area of discomfort and ask for healing and reduction in pain. Imagine the violet light of healing to absorb into the area and soothe the nervous system to allow release. So they're talking about this idea of hopelessness when you get into high levels of pain. This is talking about physical pain. Okay. Or I mean, I guess it could apply to emotional pain too, so I don't, I don't want to limit it. But um, they're saying that you'll feel like, oh, this is always the way I'm going to feel. And there's a fear that's associated with, I, I, I'm never not going to feel this pain. And they're asking you that you need to align with your, with your, with the present moment more. And you need to align with uh, earth and your soul more. And they're saying that the more you can connect to your eternal self, the better, because you've become dominant in the recognition of your physical self. And you need to balance it out by becoming a little bit more. I see. Balanced with your attention to uh, your spiritual or spiritual soul self. Soul self. Okay. Exactly right. To create that balance. And then they I talk see. about inviting in the violet light of healing. And whenever I am working with someone physically and I have a, um, and a guide comes forward, usually it's uh, Gabriel that'll come, Archangel Gabriel will come and say, oh, let me, let me do a little bit of work here. And so, and the work that he does is with a purple violet energy. Interesting. Yeah. So when you get to that space, one of the things that you can do is to invite that in. Yes. I see. Okay. Yes. Feelings of fear about the permanence of pain can also lead to reproduction of it. For example, if you are to experience pain in your body, fear of feeling the same pain creates an over-awareness to this area. Whenever something is felt here, your body reacts as if it was threatened and pain will return or that problem continues to persist. Your body is being asked to treat this area as flawed, painful, and threatening. These energetic beliefs can create real physical changes and interpretations by your physical mind. We mean to reiterate that pain is real and a physical reaction in your body. We mean to bring you closer to an understanding of the experience to provide you with ease through deeper understanding. So this is a phenomenon actually that I see all the time in PT. Okay. Tell, tell me more. Where um, mm. if your shoulder hurts okay, and you move in a certain way and your and shoulder pain increases, your body knows that. Your body remembers that fact. And so it's always anticipating that it's going to hurt when it when you move in that direction. Sometimes pain can be so severe and so constant that no matter what happens to that shoulder, your body interprets it as painful because your brain goes, everything I get from that area is always painful. Nothing's not going to be painful. It's always going to be painful. So it's going to treat that area as damaged, invalid, 
um, something to avoid, something that's painful, threatening. Okay. okay. And so you change your whole movement pattern. You never use your arm. Uh. You, um, when you do move it, you, your body automatically reacts as if it's in pain, even though it may not be in pain. I see. But your brain says, nope, this is a problem. And even I've seen plenty of people that even when they don't have any more ankle pain, foot pain, their body, their body still moves as if they do. Mm. Even though the pain they has like been get gone. locked in the pattern. Yes. Okay. And so they'll have a back problem because they're not using their ankle correctly. So I have to start at a different spot. Crazy. Um, so that's a phenomenon that happens where your brain will say, nope, this is painful. I can't, I can't go this situation. I can't move into this way. I can't do this task because it's painful. And I think the same thing can be said for psychological, emotional issues. Like nothing that has to do with the body, but circumstances. Yeah. I mean, think about trauma that you have when you're a kid and you don't realize is what's preventing you from doing crossing a bridge or having that conversation with your parent or all those inputs that are telling you avoid, 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 um, even though that may not exist anymore. That's, that's something that happened to you in the past. It's not uh, uh, accurate. It's like, what's happening now. Yeah. So you're getting the same messages psychologically, but they have nothing that's relevant to the, uh, context of your situation. Yes. So you react the same way as if you were getting physical input. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a really uh, prevalent phenomenon in, in my practice, especially that idea of having to reorient people to accurate interpretation of what their body is telling them. Mm. Of okay, now let's move like this. How does that feel? Oh, it hurt. It hurts. Can you describe it? Well, it's like a, it's like a stretch. Okay, so is it a stretch or is it, um, or is it your pain? No, it's not my pain. Okay, great. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. It's fine. And having people be hyper aware of their problem when people have physical pain for a long time. The the changes that the the chemical changes that happen in your brain are real. Yeah. That the how the brain interprets pain is is very different. There's tons of studies on it. And um the psychological effect of that, and what I mean by psychological is how their physical mind changes that information or modifies that change that behavior is uh they no longer have a scale of pain. So we typically talk about a zero to 10 scale, right? That's, okay. that's a language we speak in all the time in PT, in the medical world. Zero means no pain. 10 is the worst pain you've had in your whole life. And people that have experienced pain for a long time, they no longer have that scale. They have two levels, acceptable and unacceptable. But and, then how do you ever get out of it? Right. Because and you just have married. It's, it's a lot of attention. So I'll say, I need you to start putting in place a zero to 10 scale, and I need you to put a name on what that pain is. Burning, aching, soreness, sharp, dull. I'm trying to change their brain's awareness to start really re-engaging with that area of the body and 
creating structure around it so they can start determining better, worse, painful, not painful, or painful and less painful because they don't have, and they are so used to ignoring it or overriding it because they just know it's going to be there that they're doing things that are actually bad for that condition, but they don't, they don't pay attention to it. So they're just creating more tissue damage, more inflammation, et cetera. Wow. So it's, That's you, a- it's a big de- deconstruction of the. A lot of, of unwinding. Of their, the, the structure that they've created to get through their day. So they were right when you were in school. What do you mean? You said that you're not going to be working with people's bodies. You're going to be working with people's minds. Yeah. It's a, it's a big part of what, what we do and, and good PTs know it and good PTs know how to address it. Wow. I, I, and I shouldn't say PTs, good practitioners Yeah, know how to address it. doesn't matter what, what you do. Cause you can do anything to the body, but if the mind is on the hamster wheel of the belief and the decision and the attachment and the yeah. story that's been determined, doesn't really matter what you do with the body. Right. Cause they'll come in and say, I just need you to do this. Last time I was in PT, I, this is what I did. And this didn't make me feel worse. And th- this is what I need you to do. And then I'll be fine. And then everything will be just as, and no, no one's going to rock the boat and no one's going to, I don't have to change my expectations. I don't have to change what I believe, but that's not the way I work. I'm like, Oh, oh. I know. <laughs> like we're going to go right into what you believe. I'm dying to know what you believe. What's wrong? <laughs> I'm dying to know what you believe. <laughs> and and uh, the other phenomenon that's really interesting to me is people will come in and uh, will say, uh, my knee is hurting. They did an x-ray. They did an MRI. And my blah, blah, blah is torn. My meniscus is torn. My ACL is torn. My MCL is torn. There's damage. It's frayed. I don't have meniscus anymore. I don't have this. This is what, this is what they show. They show bodies floating around, blah, blah, blah. And I'll, I, so I just need to have surgery. So, but my doctor wanted me to come here and I'll say to them, if I can get you to have no pain with any of your activities, would you still have surgery? Well, yeah, of course. Something is wrong with my knee. I need to have that removed. So I, I'll have surgery. I said, okay, so let's not do PT because it's not going to, there's no, I'm not going to change the fact that you're going to have surgery. I can do, and I've worked with people. And the reason I started asking people that question is because I've worked with people and I've gotten them to zero out of 10 pain, zero out of 10 pain. They can walk, they can run, they can do stairs, they can squat, they can sit, they can drive. They can do everything they want to do. They can go back and run. The belief that they need the surgery is so prevalent. But the belief that there is something wrong in their knee has convinced them that they need to have surgery. And so they have surgery. And so I started asking that question because I'm like, I don't want, why am I going to waste your money, your time, my money, my time in treating you if all you're going to do is have surgery and then I need to see you after you have surgery anyway? It's crazy, James. If you're going to, if you believe that there's something wrong enough in your knee that the only thing that's going to fix it is surgery, I'm not going to fix it. I can get you out of, I can get you to no pain. I haven't fi- I'm not going to fix your problem because your problem isn't in your knee. 
And that's that they have a problem. It's not like an, it's just their belief, right? It's it's just it's just their belief. But that's how people interpret their body. That's how they interpret their situation. What they have in the as the kernel in their mind. It. I I if I'm not going to touch their belief. It's kind of, what's the point? Right. And it's I guess it's the same thing in your life. If you believe your life isn't going to be any different. No matter what is given to you, it's against you. You're not going to do anything about that. How, how, how do you how? get off that hamster wheel? Right. You can't get unstuck in that mentality. If you can't see that the world is happening for you, there's very little that, that you're going to interpret as being good. So crazy to think about it that way. And then the struggle of having, of trying to be pulled away from that idea. Everything. Hi, you won $100. Great. Now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with this $100. Okay. <laughs> but it's true. It is true. What's the human condition? I'm not going to change that belief. If I can't change that belief, I didn't realize this one was going to lead to so much. I, make, I mean, it all makes perfect sense, though. Create the life you want by allowing the observation of the life you have and moving without regret. I'm going to read that again. Yeah, please. Create the life you want by allowing the observation of the life you have and moving without regret. Minimize the pain experienced with change by viewing it as a calling toward greater alignment with who you are and who you want to be. So they're saying in order to create the life you want, you have to be objective in the life that you currently have. You have to be able to recognize the life that you currently have and then move forward without regretting anything. We kind of touched on this in the last episode a little bit of like you think that you're going to be happy when you do this, but really you have access to all of that right now. And the shift from this to that will not create that feeling. You have to cultivate it now. Right. Similar. Yeah. That that you have to recognize where you are and then go, do I like it or is this what I want or not? And then move forward from there and not have any regrets about where you were. Because it's part of the journey. Right. And then you can let that go a lot more easily. Mm-hmm. Because the we pain. We do get hung up so much in the, I did this, I made this mistake. This, uh, yeah. And it's like. That is the perspective and definition of life happening to you. And the shift in that perspective of life is happening for me is to see ooh, that thing led to this thing, led to this thing, led to this thing. It's all, here we go, the journey. It's not happening to me. And it's hard to hold that though. It is, is really hard. And uh, that to move through that idea of loss, to move, make that easier, to make that release easier, just understand that you don't need to regret your decisions and that you're not being, you, you're probably not being asked to move as far away from what you think it's going to be. Mm. And what can you let go of to make it easier? Pain does not equal permanence. That's what they said. Then Gabriel, Archangel Gabriel stepped in at this part of the reading. Yeah. Okay. And he said, Let me come forth to bring you the energy of love in its healing power. 
Ask for me to come forth in times of pain so I may bring forward to you the energy of love that is loving, knowing, and complete. The energetic waves of understanding and acceptance will help you to soothe your journey here and move you forward to new ways of understanding and encountering your existence. Hear me when I say to you that we all recognize and see you struggle and provide nothing but the loving presence of support and understanding. We provide to you the gentle extension of the lead that will pull you through to your next level of understanding and existence. I provide the stillness and the acceptance in that stillness for your healing and understanding. Allow my energetic signature to lead you home to surety and safety and acceptance. You are not alone. You are seen and felt. You matter and have access to us always. Think upon these words as they are needed in your life and they will open that pathway to greater momentum forward and peace in your current situation. There's this idea of pain stemming from a lack of understanding. That when you have an under, a knowledge of the situation, that the pain, the discomfort is released and that that's what healing is. And so Gabriel comes forward to say, let me bring you from not understanding or confusion to understanding. Okay. That's the energy I'm going to provide for you in a loving, caring, observant way. There's a recognition. I recognize, I see you, I see your struggle. And if you open yourself to the energy that I can provide, I will show you the pathway to understanding. I will show you the pathway of ease, of connecting to where you want to be, connecting to where the shift needs to occur. This is being held for you. It already exists for you to step across the bridge toward understanding and connection. It's always available to you. It's not a mystery. It's always available. And I think that pain of struggling, of being lost, of not knowing. And when you are struggling, when you are in pain, that emotional pain, I think if we were to dive into the understanding of it, where it's coming from. It's coming from that place of not knowing, mm-hmm. of not understanding, of not, why is this happening? Yeah. Where is this leading me to? And jumping on the bandwagon of trying to recognize the understanding, asking for the, for the help and recognizing why, what, what is this going on? Why is this? And being able to pick that apart in ourselves and recognize where it's coming from ourselves so that we can reduce the confusion, mm-hmm. reduce the ambiguity and learn to accept the ambiguity, 
trust that the ambiguity is going to lead us to some someplace and, that we need to go. And from what I hear you saying throughout this whole episode is don't attach to the result. Don't attach and create a belief that you will never be pain-free, that it will last forever. Like those are the things that keep us on the hamster wheel. They keep us stuck. Yes. Pain is not permanence. But the belief can create the permanence. Wow. I'll never be loved. I mean, that's a permanence right there. Yeah. Always and never really energetically charged. It's like I had this um, psychic tell me once that like worries are just another like form of prayer. Mm. We're like making things happen. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I gotta stop worrying so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. Pain. Thank you, Gabriel. He comes to me a lot in my work. Yeah. He like, uh, when I work with people sometimes, um, he, I move my, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Here we go. I move my energy out of my hands. Okay. And let his energy come into my hands. Oh, interesting. See, people really don't know what they're signing <laughs> up for. <laughs> yes. This is the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did that with a, with a woman who, and she got up off the table and she was like, I don't know. And I really wasn't doing anything because I knew that Gabriel wanted me to do this. So I just sort of put my hands like on her to make her feel like I was doing something physical to her. And uh, she just got up from the table. She was, I, and her daughter was in the room and she said, I do not know what you just did to me but I haven't felt this relaxed and this at ease in months. I could just see you submitting your insurance documentation. (laughs) Well, I did this um, angel Gabriel technique and I allow, (laughs) I love that you can kind of like keep the world's like, you know what people are available for and you know what they're not and you share what you know that they can handle. Yes. But they still get the gift, even if they're not available. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's fun. I mean, some people are like, what are you doing to me? Or I've had some people say, why did I just think of blah, blah, blah? And they'll come up with some story that I'm like, oh, because this. I had a woman who said, I don't know why I need to tell you this, but when you were just doing that, I kept seeing the the color green. And it reminds me of this light that I saw after my dad died, it was floating in the room and it was a green light. And so I think my dad was just here. Crazy. Yeah. Health net's not going to pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I mean, I, I love those moments. Those moments are great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They're probably amazing when people like, cause you're not, if people could see like in a clinical setting, (laughs) That is not what you would anticipate transpiring. And some people are very clinical and I know they still get the gifts that you have. Um, But it is cool when people kind of open up and forget where they are for lack of a better way of describing it and then just kind of share. It's cool. And I think that the, from my perspective, when I work with people that are in pain, I mean, I see people in pain every single day, all day. And 
to help to get people to understand their perceptions of pain significantly impact their outcomes. Their perceptions of what pain means in their life, their perceptions of why they have pain, their perceptions of what they're feeling and why they're feeling it significantly impact. And, and everyone's got them and they don't realize it. Even mm-hmm. if they come in with neck pain or shoulder pain, there, there is a story behind that pain. There is a story behind that pain. I tell people, uh, tell therapists, uh, I tell all, all of my employees, you know, people don't come to PT because they're in pain. People don't seek help because they're in pain. Because we have pain all day long. Little, oh, my ankle hurts here. My back hurts. Oh, I stood up too long. I've been driving too long. We don't go immediately call the doctor and say, oh, I've got pain. That's not the way we work. We only go and seek help if that pain is affecting us emotionally. Mm. It's the only time we'll seek help. It's the only time. So everybody that walks through our door is in an emotional effect, emotionally affected place. Yeah. Every one of them. Because it's the driver what brought them in there in the first place. Yes. Yeah. Uh, It's not that my back hurts. It's I can't do my job. I don't know if I'll be able to pay rent. I can't uh, lift my child. I don't know if I'll be able to keep my job. I don't know if I'll be able to keep caring for my mom. I don't know if I'll be able to enjoy. I enjoy riding my bike and I can't do that anymore. People don't come in because they have pain. They have pain and it's affecting them in an emotional way. It's the only time they seek help. And we need to understand that they're in emotional distress. And unless we address that, that emotional distress, they won't think they're better. So crazy. It needs to be addressed in some way. They need to be attentive to that. They need they need to incorporate that. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but it's very rarely broken down that way. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. So there you go. There's pain. Love it. And and recognizing that if you don't want to experience pain, no one else does either. And so be responsible, be accountable for what you're doing. Why would you want to cause it in other people if you know how uncomfortable it is? Yeah, that's an important thing to think about for sure. All comes back to the self. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. There you go. There's pain, everybody. Reach out. Let me know what you're feeling. Rate, follow, like, all those things. It, It helps get the word out. It helps people find us. Um, and reach out to us at the spirited body on Instagram, James at the spirited for email. Love to hear your stories. Love to hear your input. Love to hear what you have to say in the meantime, until next time, see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>